Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I am your host, Sarah Heron. I am so excited because I have a very special guest. She's in the Bachelor podcast game, and she knows what it's like to accept a final rose. And was it a Neil Lane diamond back then? We'll get, we'll get oh, to yeah. that. It was? Okay. Um, if you don't recognize that voice, that is Courtney Robertson, the winner of season 16 of The Bachelorette and the host of After Reality, her new reband, rebranded podcast. And she's you know, all in that Game of Roses network, which I want to get into because we love Game of Roses here at Us Weekly. Courtney, how are you? Hey, I'm doing so good. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so excited to talk to you. Well, thanks for having me. I'm sorry it took so long to get our stars to align, but with the kids and like rebranding the podcast. So I'm glad to be here. I know you're a busy lady. Um, and I guess I did mention, you know, you you were a, as they call it on Game of Roses, a, what do they call it? A ring, a, a a ring winner. A ring winner. Yes. Cause I always, whenever I talk to bachelor alums, as I love to do, I'm like, you're the winner. And they look at me like, is that what I want to be called? Like, is that offensive for me to call you the winner of season 16? You know what? I'm, I'm so cool with it now. Yeah. I'm like, I always joke with people like, I don't know how much I really won, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny, actually. It is funny. And it's a weird, I mean, any reality show, I guess, that where the dating, the love is supposed to be like the prize. I, I but you technically, you one. I'd rather be a winner than a, a night oneer. Exactly. <laughs> Unless you're grocery store Joe, it doesn't work out to be a night oneer. How about that? Right? Goes on to Dancing with the Stars. Has a sauce company now, like the only Bachelor approved podcast. No, like I don't know what that guy did in another life. I mean, he's very nice. Like only yeah. good, only good times with Joe myself. But I'm like, in what world did he get so lucky? Yeah, like that's unheard of. Um. Well, that actually kind of transitions into something I wanted to ask you because. I remember obviously everyone, you know, iconic on Ben Flanick's season, never forget. And you obviously were, wrote a book and you were, you know, had a, an amazing run in kind of Bachelor Nation world. And then you took a step back, I would assume on purpose because it's a lot. But then when we saw you pop up on Zach's season, it was like the biggest pleasant surprise ever. Like, how did that happen? Am I correct to think you kind of took a step back on purpose? And how'd you dip your toe back in? That's nice of you to say, actually. It was so fun to come back. And you know what? I did take a step back for a while. I was living in LA and I was dating. I was dating a guy who was super private and wasn't really down with the whole thing, didn't really like posting on Instagram. So during that time, I really kind of took a step back. My book had already come out. 
Um, and then I moved to Arizona and I've been here for gosh, almost five years now. And with my husband and he like really supports all my dreams and my, you know, doing the podcast, very secure in who he is. And then they called me if I'd want, you know, to see if I'd want to come on and host a group date with Lotto, which was so cool. And he's like, sure. I got the kids go, you know, have a night to yourself in LA. So yeah, but I mean, I was, I'm fine with ABC. I think they've also had some movement over there and it was a producer who called me who produced me at my season. So he said that they'd love to have me back and yeah, this was a good time. And is that how you transitioned into wanting to do the podcast? Because you kind of already already working on it. Yeah. I was a slowly, like just quietly in the wings, you know, I wanted to do it years ago and then I just never, I was like, it's so much to figure out. Like it just, I, that's why I teamed up with uh, game of roses because they've really helped me kind of navigate and figure it out. And they are like killing it. Yeah. And I loved their book. So yeah, I teamed up with them. They're producing for me. And yeah, it just felt like the right time. Also, because, you know, my kids are a little older. You know, Chad always says you just to do a successful podcast, you need uh, good sound and confidence. But it's not always easy for me to get good sound with having two littles at home. So how old are your kids now? Um, Three and 19 months. Wow. And my son's starting school full time in two weeks. And then my daughter goes just started three days a week. So now I actually have the time. And, you know, I have the resources and I've made friends in Bachelor Nation. So I really want to bring a different angle uh, to the podcast world. And for a while, I was like, gosh, everybody has one. And then I was like, hey, why not? I could I could do one. And everybody has one, but not everyone sticks with it or like finds their audience. And I think that's the key because people who still do it consistently, I can't even tell you how many Bachelor podcasts, obviously, I've watched come and go. And it's the consistency, I think, is the biggest part of it. And also, you are going to be able to get really cool guests from both like kind of older bachelor generation. And like, I, like I told you your interview with Deanna was awesome. And she can talk to you super candidly about something like divorce and what it's like in the public eye. Cause not that you've been through a divorce, but you know what it was like to go through like a public bachelor kind of style breakup, which I imagine, especially then was a lot of scrutiny. Oh yeah. That was like in the phase of Twitter. Twitter was big back then. And I just remember when we announced our breakup, I was shocked by like how many people were sad about it. And like the tweets we were, I'm like, what? Because they had seen us in the real world and us posting on Instagram together. I was floored by that. You know, I mean, obviously there was a lot of like, oh, we took, we knew this was coming, which is to be expected. Yeah. But I mean, just being in a public relationship, I mean, even towards the end of our relationship, we were breaking up and we were, I remember one time being out and like, we weren't really getting along that day and somebody came up and like wanted pictures and it just, it wasn't, it didn't really go away. So I think Mm -hmm. that made it, made it a little challenging too for us. Yeah. And now, it's all people in the comment section. If you look at any bachelor couple, I just spoke to Matt and Rachel recently at an event. And I was like, so Rachel went on vacation for eight days and the entire Instagram feed was just, where's Matt? Where's Rachel? Where's Matt? Where's Rachel? They're broken up. And I will say sometimes the fans are onto something. So it's right. not always right to discount it. But other times I'm like, oh my God, I think she literally just went on vacation. Like we don't have to sound the alarm. Oh, totally. I know. I read that interview really great because I was wondering <laughs> that too. And then like, I know Caitlin and Jason get that all the time, but then mm-hmm. I wondered that too, because I follow her and I'm like, oh, she's not wearing her ring. Right. You know? And it's and like the wheels like little are clues. Yeah. I'm sure you guys get that all the time too. Yeah. Like, Bravo to you. You've been very consistent with your podcast. So oh, thank you. that's inspiring. I do think oh. that consistency is key. With consistency anything. is key. And one of the other interviews, I want to get into Charity's episode, but I listened to when you talked to Sean Booth, 
And Sean Booth is one that the Us Weekly audience is obsessed with. And the Sean and Caitlin of it all, even though they broke up so many years ago, people still love any little nugget into that relationship. And I know he had just launched his show where he kind of made these comments that he, you know, didn't want to talk about her anymore because he asked her not to do so, but then he was. So that was probably interesting for you to navigate. And I listened and you did a great job kind of giving him a chance, you know, to be like, do you want to say anything else? Because you had to ask, but you also had to be like, he just said he didn't want, he told her not to talk about him. It's such a weird thing, right? Yeah. And like a totally different skill set. I've been on a million podcasts, but to be the one interviewing and getting my notes ready and, you know, put, you know, you want to get that tea, but also not push too hard. And yeah. uh, he really opened up though. And, you know, he was really high road person during that breakup. And I think that's why people are so intrigued by it because yeah. she's been so public for so long. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have asked him if he had a girlfriend. I doubt he would have told me he has <laughs> or a child on the way. <laughs> Or do you want to be a dad? But I didn't even think to go there. He just said dating had been great since the show. So I just took it as that. But yeah, that was a good interview. I was so glad to have him because a lot of people have been flaky too, like Nick Vial. (laughs) I've been trying to get him on. He said he'd come on and then kind of ghosted. So I'm sure you deal with that all the time. Oh, you you, you know it, girl. And you left him a voice. Did you leave him a voicemail on the air? What did you do? Yeah, I've been calling him at the end of my episodes. Like, I'm like, maybe he'll answer the phone. I have his number. And then it's like, this person has not set up their voicemail box yet. Sure, Nick. Sure. (laughs) So I keep Um, calling. (laughs) That is so funny. Um, No, but the Sean, that was crazy too, because the Sean interview was great. And then like two weeks later, it was like, he's having a child. And then this week it was like, here's the the baby mama as he called her. And I'm like, wow, like good for him getting his own podcast exclusives because this is some good tea, Sean. Yeah. And she's so pretty. The way he's like rolling him out. I was like, I can't wait to see it. Who's this mystery gal? I know. Mystery mama. I woke up. I was like, oh, Monday morning. Got to check in the booth with Sean Booth, (laughs) which is good podcast skills, I guess, uh, Sean. Um, Okay. Let's get into charity season. I asked you before we started recording, had you been tuning in and you said yes, which means of course, as someone who you know, was known as a quote unquote villain and who, by the way, then got to monetize that. Good for you. I'm sure her book is still on Amazon, everyone. Um, What did you think of Brayden, who was obviously the quote unquote villain, basically star? I mean, I think Charity's been great, but they've given this guy, obviously up up until this episode, so much screen time. It's insane um, to then obviously have him finally go home in a kind of dramatic, kind of disappointing, in my opinion, fashion. But what were your thoughts on Brayden? Do you think he was misunderstood. Do you think he's a little nutty? Do you think it's a combo? Where do we land on Brayden? So I love Brayden. I thought he, I mean, I personally love a villain. Uh, I didn't really think he was a villain. I mean, clearly he had a strong connection up front. I think the first impression Rose is famously a target on your back. And I think he over-celebrated. He just seemed super giddy to me. Um, and then obviously they're probably watching now and he's calling the one guy, like the prince from Shrek and the Which was accurate by the way. Totally. I Googled it and I was like, oh my gosh, he has a point. But so I thought it was funny. I mean, he kind of self-eliminated. But yeah, no, I thought he was great. I kind of wish he would have stayed longer. I mean, the earrings and the scarf were a little questionable, but then it kind of grew on me. So I reached out to him just because I reach out to all the villains and just like, hey, how you doing? I'm yeah, I followed him. He followed me back. And you know, he just said, I was like, hey, you know, I was a villain too. And he's like, I guess they thought the shoe fit. And he also said that he never really watched the show. And he was naive, clearly (laughs) a a bit naive to the process. So I'm working on getting him on the podcast. But 
I really liked him. I hope he goes to paradise. Um, he was a really good looking guy. It was one of those things that I was really struggling with as a viewer, because I'm always trying to think, obviously, you know, what is being presented to me in an edit? What is the music telling me? But also, can I just watch the show and maybe take it for what it is? And I think it's a combination. And I think he clearly didn't watch the show because yeah. he was had a big problem with the premise of the show. And that yes. does come back to me sometimes when I'm like, all right, the show's been on for two decades. You can do the research a little bit. And I know then we get into, oh, are they there because they're super fan territory? But like, you got to watch a couple episodes and understand the premise if you're going to go on the show, in my opinion. Oh, 100%. And I really, I did, I can relate to that though, too. Like I knew what I was getting into. I didn't really watch the show religiously, but like, I remember sitting around, I think it was like week, I don't know, second location we were at San Francisco and a girl got set home and all the girls around me on a group date started crying. And I just was like, you know, like it was just a weird thing. I'm like, you guys, we this is what we want. We want right. people leaving. I was like, another one bites the dust. And they were like, you're the meanest. That's so I'm like, I'm just trying to lighten the mood. So it's just, I think he probably didn't realize till he got in it. And I think he said that, like how hard it would be for him. Yeah. Do you think that the show has done a decent job like evolving the quote unquote villain? Because in some senses it's the same thing. And it's, you probably can see it and be like, oh, they're doing to Brayden what they did to me or who, insert whoever here, the yeah. edit. Um, sometimes I think, you know, you get someone like a Chad Johnson or whatever, and it's like, oh, no, they maybe are a little off in real life. Um, Chad, I'm yeah. interviewing him this week. Oh, my God. He's 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 something. <laughs> I know. I'll be, I'll be curious to catch up with him. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. People were comparing Brayden to him. And I was like, I just don't see that. I think Chad, you know, obviously stuff happened after his season, mm -hmm. but I think that he was naive to the show and the process too. And, but how villains have evolved is, I think it's kind of like the show writes itself. Like the guys clearly had a huge problem with Brayden. And so it's like, you can't change that narrative once it starts. And the girls yeah. with me from night one, as soon as I said, I'm a model, it was like daggers. Like they didn't like me. And, and not, I'm not blaming just that because I did say a lot of sassy things, but with Brayden, they clearly all had an issue with him. And I didn't really think he was doing anything that bad yeah. personally, having been through it. I think he could have just chosen his words probably better, which they, you know, yeah. that's when you're also not being used to being filmed all the time. I get it. They're taking things out of context. You know, you're being you asked keep questions. Producers happy. Right. I just think he, because there was moments when he was talking to Charity and I was like, he is being honest. Like yes. that is something you can't say he's lying or misrepresenting what he feels about the show. And she was clearly, she kind of, I feel like on Twitter is acting like she wasn't into him. Like it was a TV show, but watching it, it felt like she was into him. I think she felt a little rejected. I think so too. And then I think that's why when he left, they sent him back in because they were like, no, no, no. The villain mm -hmm. of the season can't leave. Like you need the hero who's the lead. Usually sometimes they don't even make their own lead their hero, but usually right. the hero and charity who I think is coming off amazing and is, seems great. They needed her to have the, no, I'm sending him home vibe and have the guys kind of feel their vindication. Cause when he left the first time, it was like, Oh, like he doesn't even want to be here. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And it seemed like they like said totally reasonable to me. And I just, the guys all kind of jumped, you know, they clearly had, especially Aaron B had a, a real problem with him and like what he was telling charity, he like Brayden was telling her. So it wasn't like, Oh, he's like this totally different person. So I think that kind of fell flat. But as far as other, I think I see people going on this season's wanting to be the villain or kind of playing that up. And I feel so badly for them because 
I didn't go into it being like, I'm going to be the villain. And then like the backlash and like you said, the comments now, and like, if it were like this day and age and I was the villain, it would be a lot harder for me for sure. I think a couple of years ago, it like really reached a height of like social media. I'm Mm -hmm. sure they're still feeling it. And, but it it really reached a height a couple of years ago, but then also there's almost like, I feel like sometimes the audience now embraces it. Like it really just depends. Some villains get like a, we love you. You're so real. And others get the, oh, this guy's the worst. And I feel like with Jordan Kimball, remember him? Yes. I just did his baby exclusive. Oh, you too? He just had, his wife just had a baby. Yep. I follow him on Instagram and he just like, I, to me, he seemed really funny. He kind of said things off the cusp. So as a viewer, I personally love to watch that and I can Mm -hmm. like see through it, but there are some villains that I'm like, Ooh, that kind of rubs you the wrong way. You know? Yeah. It goes both ways. Or if it's like when they have like the girlfriend at home and it's like, okay, now we're in a, he said, she said, or when the TikTok sleuths get involved and it's like, what do I believe? And sometimes I think people maybe are jumping on for their 15 minutes, but other times there's some smoke and salmon and it's, you know, it's true. So that's almost that's the villain to me someone like a jed who like was misleading a girl and got engaged to hannah and then like whatever that's a villain to me not a guy who's like stirring it up in the house it's probably annoying but like part of the job was to being on the show (laughs) yeah and he was like just young and like very like giddy you know and i think that got him in a lot of trouble but i'm a fan i'm hoping to get him on the podcast i hope he goes to paradise yeah and i, I liked his little instagram post kind of like apologizing and kind of recapping and yeah, yeah i'm surprised charity's still kind of say, saying things like that but you know i love that she clapped back at nick Vial though too so <laughs> I know. I'm, I've, I'm thoroughly enjoying watching her uh i think she's so funny and likable I love her little accent. She's just, I, like so pretty. She's like stunning, like her outfits, her jewelry. Like I just, she's fun to watch. I totally agree. I think she is great for the show. I think that it's really interesting to see what we're seeing with her because as I was mentioning to you when we started this season, we're down to four people going into like week six next week as far as airing, which is crazy. It and soon, right? It's definitely like, soon. Five last night. I'm like, how is it already down to four? No, she it's just- crazy. And Bachelor Data, Susanna on Instagram, who's like a genius, and I, she's the mathematician, mathematician of all mathematicians for reality stars. And she did confirm that this season is shorter, and this is the first time in a decade that we've seen like a hometown date roses being handed out this early. And also that, of course, the Bachelorette seasons are historically shorter than the Bachelor seasons. Which makes no sense because in theory, we've had more successful bachelorettes. I know we've had some breakups that have maybe not proven that for in recent now, but for a while, there was a streak where the bachelorettes were with their winners for a long time. And if they were doing that in shorter weeks, you would think then they would give them the extra week that they're giving the bachelors. But historically, yeah. the bachelorettes have smaller casts and smaller weeks of filming. And this isn't even extra, like a week has been taken away from poor charity. Oh my goodness well maybe she just like kind of knew right away or maybe like you said historically like I didn't realize that I wonder if it's because the summer show is coming out too yeah I think that they air the bachelorette historically in the summer so there's like less pressure on the ratings also but then maybe like less weeks and then when they have that false that uh winter spot that always like January bachelor push they try to milk it for all it's worth and I do feel like looking back I guess we have maybe more bachelors you know, doing the, I am not going to, I'm canceling this cocktail party for like a drama reason. Whereas sometimes the lead, the bachelorettes cancel cocktail parties, but it's because they know what they want and they end the episodes more like 
starting with dates and then ending with a rose ceremony. And The Bachelor, I feel like the last couple of seasons especially have been so chaotic towards the end. Like we, we pick up in the middle of a week and we don't know where we are by the end because everyone's quit or they're coming back. Or like, I feel like <laughs> yeah. we've had a lot of messy Bachelor endings and maybe The Bachelorette endings have been more traditional. So they don't have many cliffhangers, but it feels right. so fast. It does. It seems way, way, way fast. And, you know, I feel like they do those like cutting the cocktail party shorts because the leads are so tired if I had to guess. Yeah. Uh, and and I think that's why everyone also hated Braden so much just because he was the one who was like, I didn't get my time because of him. And I always tell people, you got to get your time. You got to make the time if you want the time. Look at Tanner who uh, left uh, Tanner, right? Yeah. Left last night. I mean, he was like, I think I fell behind. And it's like, well, yeah, I barely even saw him get any screen time. He fell flat for me too. No, let's talk about Tanner and Sean, who both spiraled um, when they found out (laughs) that they were going on this like impromptu two-on-one situation, which normally I love a (laughs) two-on-one because there's usually tension and you know what I mean? Like we're setting something up. I guess they couldn't keep Brayden long enough to send him and Aaron B on the two-on-one. So they went with this weird Sean and Tanner two-on-one and kind of created this narrative where Sean was like acting like he was playing football and was trying to like win the time and Tanner win the was game. like <laughs> win the date win the date even though Tanner kept using phrases like he's playing from behind so he was using like sporty <laughs> phrases but he was just like I can't believe I'm still here um I Tanner was it's I remember when he got the rose last week I was like who is this man yes it's there's always one that's just like like floats along and then you're like, oh, okay, he's there. This is hometowns. Like, you're gonna meet my family. Like, are you even ready for that? <laughs> I mean, your first one-on-one being hometowns is insane. Mm, that's yeah. And like then you're imagine your parents being like, Oh, what kind of dates have you been on? He's like, I've been on every single group every date. Date. <laughs> I can tell you about the promotion for the Barbie movie. I can <laughs> tell you which guy is like looks good in a speedo. Like, I can tell I... you about a 24-year-old alligator. And yes. that guy, by the way, the guy driving the boat was like classic yes I and I love uh the two-on-ones because they're always like badlands dates they're there's nothing really glamorous about them in the first place totally. but they kind of put them in these like funny situations where you're like this isn't romantic at all it's not romantic at all and it's always like outdoors like you said and it's funny because twice this episode we saw Tanner in situations where there were roses on the table <laughs> and she just didn't give one out, which I think is worse than not getting one because that to me, do I want the rose the next day at the rose ceremony if you didn't think you could give it to me less than 24 hours ago when we really barely see each other in between? Like, isn't that worse? <laughs> they didn't. See, I'm sure they didn't see each other in between. I thought so too. And I was like, well, we kind of like, she just kicked the can down the road. I don't understand I mean, other than just saying, like, I'm not going to let, like, pick either of you, which would have been a crazy epic two-on-one. Yeah. But, I mean, clearly she knew. She knew then. I think she knew then. had to. I don't get it. I don't either. And Because then we see Joey, or no, Sean, kind of come do the classic hotel room, last-ditch effort, like – Let's have some alone time, whatever. And you always I just know need when they a one on one date. Yeah. Well, maybe you should have told her that like week two or wait, make we you know one. So I was like, kind of like, man, you should have just kept playing it. Go on the date, get the airtime. But I you know, know that was well himself. for him. Totally. He would have gotten more airtime. And I think he was a weird one. I, I can't decide how I feel about Sean. I mean, I'm sure he's like a fine human, like they're all fine. But I Tanner came off more, even though her and Tanner had no connection, Tanner <laughs> came off more likable to me. Sean was like doing that, like oh, he just kept talking about the rose. And I know that's what yes. this it's represented in this world is can, your relationship, the rose. But he never said like charity. He just kept saying the rose. And I was like, oh, this is like kind of rubbing me the wrong way. 
Yeah, he he did kind of rub me a little bit the wrong way too. And I just physically like wouldn't have put them together at all. And like you see this like strong connection with Joey. And then even like you said, Tanner. Tanner's, by the way, straight to paradise. He's got to go. Yes. He's so good looking. I just don't think they had much chemistry. I'd like to mm-hmm. see him on the beach. You know, good looking guy. Uh-huh. I'm here for it. Kind of also- like Tanner Tolbert, our OG Tanner. He was on Caitlyn's oh, season yeah. and didn't really get any screen time and then shined in paradise with Jade. And see? they're obviously still together with three kids. Oh, beautiful. Well, and I also think it's the age though with Sean. I was looking at the ages. So Charity's what, 27. Sean's 24. Okay. And I don't want to be an ageist, but the guys that she has left are, I think they're almost all 30. Oh, that's Um, a really good point. I'm not sure how old Joey is, but like 27 and up to 30. And um, yeah, I just think that at 24, it's just versus 27 is that that would be tricky for me if I was in her shoes. I never dated younger just because Yeah, I was like, there's no way that they're going to be ready for marriage. I know how I felt at 24. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. And it's fair to give them a shot, whatever, but I'm sure she can feel the age also in, you know, as it's happening. Um, Joey did get one-on-one time at the beginning of the episode and he says he's falling in love with her. He's a cutie. Um, they get a little emotional talking about race. It felt like a real conversation. I think he, um, could be one that in the, in the trailer, she's for the rest of the season, she's maybe a little emotional about saying goodbye to, because they have something, but maybe not quite as obviously Doughton. Is that how you say his name? I keep saying it wrong. I, I, I keep Dutton, saying it wrong. Doughton. Dutton. I'm going to just do it yeah. in between. Yes. <laughs> he, him and Charity are, I mean, the chemistry Honestly, is insane. And end game. I end swear game. I'm, I'm watching and she gave him another one-on-one uh, like right away. I think just the way she, like her eyes, like she, she's very expressive and you can see like when Sean was basically, you know, got left, like she wouldn't even look at him in the eyes. Yeah. Do you notice that? I did. But with, with Dutton, um, I think I said it right. It's hard. It doesn't just roll off my tongue. I know. I don't know yeah. why either. But she just had like stars in her eyes and I just, and then with Joey as well, I think I can see Joey being the ba- like bachelor quality too. Yeah. I could see that too. I um, saw someone on Twitter. I don't know if this is total. This isn't a bachelor data fact, but it was a Twitter fact. Somebody said that it hasn't been since Lauren on Ari season that someone got back-to-back one-on-one dates this late in the game. So, and obviously we know Ari and Lauren are still together, a little rough patch to get there from your friend Ari. Um, But it was like maybe a late connection that then they were like, oh my God, to the producers, like I need more time with this person because I maybe wasn't thinking about it a couple of weeks ago. Cause I feel like Aaron, I know he ends up getting a rose, but like that first date with Aaron, I was like, they seem to have a strong connection. Xavier still seems to be in the running, even though he's like telling her he's scared of commitment. Um, Which to me, I'd be like red flags. That was what was tough. Like poor Tanner has another rose in front of him after Xavier is like, I'm scared to commit (laughs) like straight up. And then she's still like, here's Xavier. You get the rose. Goodbye, Tanner. Right in front of his face again. And he was so polite about it. Like, oh, I didn't want to show her how upset I was because I didn't want to make her feel worse and solid dude. But I don't know about Xavier, though. What was his? Yeah, his whole thing about like, you know, fear of commitment. I'm like, "Mm." A little, yeah. little tough. I mean, I know it's a show where that's supposed to end in engagement. And I understand right. not every season does, and I know it's crazy, but I think there has to be some part of you that is okay with the very, very hypothetical idea, one in 30, yeah. whatever, that it could happen to you because to, mm-hmm. to be scared of engagement or commitment or something like that is a problem at the, just the yeah. core of the show to go to come full circle of like 
there is a premise to this show. It's not just about meeting the lead. Like there is a start, middle and and ending. And if you're not okay with your quote unquote person dating your quote unquote friends, and if you're not okay with (laughs) Neil Lane creeping over your shoulders, maybe it's not the show for you and you should go on a different show. Yeah. And you're getting, I know it's easier said than done, but yeah. Oh, absolutely. Totally. I agree. And, uh, we'll be curious to see because I showed in the previews, I got to watch him back, but it looks like maybe she's talking to him and like, it's like overnights and she's like, Oh, my gosh, it's this late in the game for you not to be sure or something like that. So yeah. I have a feeling that was about him. Okay. You think that was about him? So we think maybe um Downton's going to win and then we're going to go Joey and then Xavier maybe like is going to pull the um yeah. I'm not ready for this card. And then Aaron yeah. B's got to be fourth. There's no way he's getting past oh, next week. I don't, I just don't, you know, he's a good looking guy, but to me he seems insecure. Maybe it's because I was a Braden fan. I just didn't like, I don't know. There's just something about him that I can't put my finger on. I'm sure he's a great guy, but the process seems to be wearing him down and it's like yeah. kind of, un- it's like, he's always whining. He is always whining. I think, I think it might be the pro I think he is too. Some people, I know you're in a bubble. I know you, it's kind of like when you're in high school and the whole world is ending. If something happens, like when you're on the bachelor, this is the only human in the world that you could ever love. These are the only people who exist. I've heard that time and time again from you guys. I I get it. I I don't get (laughs) it because I've never done it, but I understand it. But at the same time, like he maybe is in the drinking the Kool-Aid a little too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like, cause he was like, probably had a sight set on her from the beginning. It's like, Hey, there's other people here, but I think Dutton's Dutton's going to win the whole thing. By the way, I looked so up too. his height. He's six, seven. Wow. She had a tall group, but six, seven is really tall. Yeah. Apparently he might be, we should ask bachelor data. I, I, it might be the tallest person they've ever had on the show. Oh my God. I'm going to email her after this. I need, I need her the height neck. facts. <laughs> yeah. Her poor neck. Her poor neck, and she's wearing heels, and I'm like, oh my god, this guy is still like towering over her. Oh my god, that is so. I funny. liked him though. I would hate the marathon date, but let's be honest, they didn't run a marathon. No, like, you could tell why, like when they ran the, you know, over the finish line, that she was like, okay, let's just get this shot and then go have a beer. <laughs> yeah, no, they seem really cute, and I mean, even from their first like. Maybe it was even like a group date conversation a few weeks ago. I was like, they feel like they're dating in the real world to some degree, like the way they look at each other, like no one else is there. But a lot of times that's like the too good to be true of it all. And they did talk about that a little bit this yeah, week. Yeah, they did. And they hit I'm, the nail on the head with they that. They did. And I'm glad she's going with it because I think this is a time you're on this show. There's a lot of things that are too good to be true. So maybe don't like not question it when it's over. But in the moment, like you got to feel it. Like she shouldn't, because mm-hmm. if she doesn't, that's when you end up as a bachelor who probably picks a different choice because they thought that one connection was too good to be true, or they thought they were supposed to pick the right person. I don't know, but I think I'm glad she's going with it, but I do think this could be a situation. I don't want to say it, but almost like a Michelle and Nate or like one of those connections where they came off and I was like, these two, they're going to make it. And I'm like falling for it. And then they break up a year later, which it's no one's fault, but I always, I I, I don't want to put that out there, but it gives me a little scaries for her because it almost feels too good. You know what? You're right. And I remember when I met my husband, I was like, God, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. And then it didn't. Yeah. And uh, I mean, let's hope it's that for them. And then if it's, I kind of think it will be between him and Joey. And then I'm hoping they make Joey the bachelor. Can you imagine the hometowns in Hawaii? And he's from yeah. Hawaii, which I think is so cool. Like That is so cool. Oh, I just would love to see. I think he's got real star quality and he's so cute and he's genuine. Cute. Like 
him going back to his conversation with her and like, you know, the cult, you know, the interracial dating and yeah, he can, he can talk about like, uh, he's not just vapid, you know, he yeah, really, he really received that well. He's not vapid, but he like, looks like he should be in like a teen movie. Like yes. he's like, got that he looks like hair. he kind of would be right. But then yeah. you're like, oh my God, you seem so genuine and real. So yeah, it's good stuff. Oh my it gosh. I can't stuff. wait. I can't wait for the men tell all though. I hope that the, I hope Brayden just goes in there and is that next week? Oh no, next week's hometowns, and then and it's then, gonna yeah, be. yeah. I think they're taping it on Thursday, so we'll see what we Are find out. I'm not because I'm not in LA, but oh, I wish. that's right, you're in New York. One yeah. of these days, I got to get there. Um, out of this dark conference room into the <laughs> yeah. Uh, hello, call the landlord. <laughs> no, I know. Um, what I was gonna ask you, do you remember anything about what it was like to go into hometowns? Because I know that that is like the first time you do kind of get a little bit out of the bubble, and I know you're still very much in the bubble. But is there like a memory or recollection of being like, oh, this is getting real or is it all just exciting to like get to see like family and friends again or? You know what? Oh God, that was like the best ever. So my thing with like hometowns, like I was so happy because that's the first time that you get your own space and you're separate from the other people. So that's a highlight because yeah. um, you're living with them in the same house. So as soon as it goes down to hometowns, you are with a handler and you finally get like alone time and yeah. you're not filming as much because when the other hometowns are going on, you just have down days. So I was the last hometown and I was in LA with my handler at the time. And it was great. I got to get my nails done. I got to go shopping and I, I could finally catch my breath because when you're filming and traveling, it's just like, boom, 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 boom. So it was nice because I kind of got to recharge my batteries and then to see my family was amazing, but I did feel an immense amount of pressure because I knew my mom didn't want me to do the show. Mm. Um, she didn't think that like, just from what she saw, Ben, she didn't think he was my type. And so like the first time you see them or talk to them is when you come in the door and it's like, with the cameras rolling. Yeah. With the cameras rolling. And, you know, I was just so happy to see them, but you, they don't really let you talk off camera. So it's like everything you see is happening. Like you're, I'm sitting there telling my mom and dad, like I told my mom, like I'm falling for Ben. And my mom's like, well, have you like fallen, fallen? Like how far have you fallen? We stopped the fall. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then it's over and you go back to your hotel. I, my hotel was like, just happened to be like right around the corner from my um, hometown, like, or my house I grew up in. I just remember being like, God, I wish I could just walk back over there. But I, I do remember feeling a lot of pressure from the producers that I needed to tell him that I was falling for him Mm because I hadn't really yet. That's the time. Um, if you don't say it before hometowns, you got to say it at hometowns, which we saw like two, a couple of them say it, but yeah. And that was heavily pushed on me for sure. And I mean, of course I was like, like, that's why I was like, I'm falling, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which by the way, we have to talk about Sean and what he said last night um, about the falling. He said, I'm, t- uh, what do you say? I'm totally in the process of falling in love with you, which is that's like- a new one. <laughs> Yeah. It's either like, I'm falling. I love you. I could see myself falling in love with you. And then he says that out of left field. I'm like, what? This show already takes it to all those weird levels of the versions of falling in love, being in love, the L word, whatever it even means on this show anymore. But the, I'm totally in the process of falling in love with you. Doesn't feel like it rings very true. Does it? It's just a lot of words strung together. Too many words to mean the process of like the show or even love with the, yeah, but it's like this slow, I mean, it's so, it's so weird, but hometowns are my favorites because you get to see the families and I mean, you do get those dads that are like, I'm not going to let you marry, you know, like that's kind of good entertainment too. 
So yeah, I enjoy them. I, I can't wait for hometowns. So we're okay. We're excited about hometowns. Yes. Love a good hometown. I hope, you know, it looks like it's going to be pretty telling. I don't know. Maybe it was, I got to go back and watch. I have to watch the previews a couple more times, but it looked like Joey's parents were a little, or some family member was a little negative about the situation. They were like, do you, I was he the one where it was like, do you really know Joey? Because it's yes. always just when the family kind of turns on their own. They, they kind of like clap back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's maybe they see in the moment like, oh no, we have to stop this. Like yeah. <laughs> what is happening? Like we don't want like our son or daughter to go down this road, but at least it's, I know it's an engagement and you have to take it seriously, but you can speak as someone who did get engaged. Like it's not, you're not married at first sight. You're not signing the paper. This isn't love is blind where you're signing a legal document. It's okay. Neil Lane will take the ring back. Yes. Yes, exactly. Oh, they will. Actually, Mike Fleiss takes them back. So. <laughs> oh, boy. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. His ex-wife, he told me, got a bunch in their divorce. Oh, like shit. 12, like 12, a little T, which I don't think he's at the company anymore. But no, yeah. yeah. It's, my mom was pretty anti me doing it. And she, I was just like, just, my dad's like, just put on a brave face for Courtney. Just support her. And it turned out fine. Yeah. I mean, but when you met your husband, had he had any idea what the ba- the bachelor world or your role in the bachelor world? So um, my husband never watched the show, but he's an Arizona native too. He grew up in Arizona and actually funny enough, we both lived in New York at the same time. He went to law school out there. I was modeling at the time, but we were just kind of, you know, so I liked that about him when I met him that like, he didn't, he did get out of Arizona, but right. Um, he got Instagram. He was one of those like late to the party. I think he got it in like 2017 or 18. And we met in 2019, but I kept showing up on his popular page. And he's like, I knew there was a girl that was like from the bachelor and in Arizona world. and from Arizona. And he's like, so I, I started seeing your stuff in my feed and he started liking my photos and, and he liked my photos for like almost two years before I wow. noticed him and DM'd him. But I so that. I do say that like, hey, that's kind of cool. He's like, I just, you seemed really nice and normal and cool. And he he's like, you know what he says to me, Courtney, is I think the show is probably the least cool thing about you. So nice. Like he's not like a, he wasn't like a fan or anything, but Aww. yeah, he's like, there's, I know, so sweet. So in many ways, I'm thankful that I did the show because I met my be all end all. And right. He wouldn't have found me. I mean, thank God he got an Instagram and yeah. I DM'd them. Yeah. Good for you, girl. That's world of advice, everyone. If you're seeing the likes, make the move. Maybe you do the sliding. Yeah. You did. I just What'd you said say? What was your line? I did. I just said, Hey, have we met before? And he was like, no, I would remember meeting you. I know. I just thought that was, and then we went out a couple of days later. We actually lived like five blocks away from each other on the same street. There you go. So yeah, we knew right away. Are you single? Are you? I am single. I am single. New York is hard, Courtney. (laughs) You know what though? Honestly, it's hard everywhere. It was, I was like getting ready to leave Arizona before I met him. I was like, maybe LA is my dating pool, but I didn't have that much luck out there either. Yeah. No, it's, it's hard everywhere. You're right. Um, being a mom, three and 19 months, you said, what are the latest milestones for each child? And what has surprised you the most about motherhood? Um, let's see the biggest milestone. My son's potty trade now. Oh, congratulations. And yes. Thank you. And it's like, um, it's just so amazing. It just makes life so much easier. Not having to like, you know, if we go somewhere in public or for like a, a party, he'll come up to me and like, mom, I need to use the potty. Oh. And it's just like, you don't have to get the diaper bags and 
so proud of him. And then my daughter actually just tinkled on the potty for the first time the other day. I think oh, wow. she sees, yeah, on the, we have like a little one. Yeah, um, she sees big brother do it. Yeah, but she's such a daddy's girl. Like it's, she's talking a lot more now and it's like, I want data, I want data. So kind of hurts my feelings, but my son wants me all the time. Aww. I want a lot. So it's kind of that dynamic, but um, and I think the most, uh, as you said, surprising thing is I just like the natural instincts that kick in. Like there's things that happen that you just like, I'm like, oh my God, I just know what to do, you know, in that yeah. moment, those kind of things. It's just like a maternal instinct that I didn't know I really had. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that, that that's probably a good feeling though, because the, the worries go away because your body and your somehow you're, you just know what to do. It happens. Yes, exactly. Like, okay, they're sick or what, whatever it is. I, I would say the hardest part is them being sick. Um, both my kids have had really bad ear infections the whole time. So we were maybe, we might have to do tubes and that kind of stuff. So it just breaks your heart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now that they're talking a little bit more and they can say my stomach hurt, my son at least, but yeah. it's been a lot of fun. It's, they're my everything. I just turned 40 and we've been debating like, should we have another, but kind of feel complete now with the, with the two, a boy and a girl, a boy and a girl. And you can each take one. It's, it's a little yes. more manageable. I feel like when you get to three, it's a little crazy, but I mean, yeah. that would, that would be awesome as well. I'm sure if you just like go divide and conquer, we're like, yeah. we need a bigger car, probably a bigger house. I'm like, I'd be driving a minivan. Yeah. So yeah, it's good to divide and conquer for sure. Like he can take, if I need a break, he'll take them both to the store and like, I can just get a few hours to myself. Yeah, no, that, that feels, that feels good. But you know, if it happens, if it's Third one happens. I would love to see it on Instagram, but that's yeah. that's your business. But a baby's a blessing. <laughs> a baby's a blessing, as they say. Um, when does After Reality come out? And who do we have on deck that you are super excited? And who are we manifesting besides Nick Vile? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know. Actually, he's on the short list now. He's kind of yeah. on my my shit list right at the mm -hmm. moment. But um, so like I said, I've got Chad Johnson. I have a psychic, a psychic I've loved for I worked with for years. We're gonna do Ooh. some ba bachelor predictions and some other predictions and kind of talk. I love a little woo-woo, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and then, something that would happen on a bachelor group date, perhaps someone they would bring like in a, like a finale. Yes, exactly. Yes. Tarot mm -hmm. cards. I love all that stuff. I love the tarot card uh, date that they had. Yes. Um, and then I've got some, uh, like, a, some celebrities that are fans of the show as well. Justin Long and Christian Long there. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So, but the, the writer's strike though, it's making things mm. a little yeah, tricky. You're telling so me, we're, girl. <laughs> uh, we're trying to figure that out. A couple comedians. Um, I've been talking with, uh, what's his name? God, Jim Jeffries. I just went to a show oh, in nice. Vegas and then awesome. obviously bachelor alumni. Um, I love getting the villains. Um, working on a couple, a uh, couple people that haven't really been allowed to do podcasts mm. as well. And some a little exclusive are waiting... action. Yeah. And some people are waiting for their contracts to be up because that makes a difference as well. So Jillian Very Harris true. said she'd come on. I love her. Awesome. And then I've got also big kid problems coming on. I'm really, I've already recorded with her, uh, some other moms. I think that's also fun for me is talk to, talking to other parents as well. Um, comedians to just kind of talk yeah. about the real reality of having kids because it's not all just glamour and highlight reel. <laughs> yeah. And is that what part of the reason you did the rebrand and now you have your kids yeah. in the picture and it's like a little more broad versus just maybe like yes. bachelor strict, like stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. And I want to have some authors on and just kind of, I wanted to be a little bit more broader. And I think people with off contract were wanting like tea and like, she's going to spill tea every week. And I was like, I don't want to under deliver right. spread, spilling tea. And I also want to lose sleep. Like, oh my God, Warner Brothers is going to sue no. me if I say this. I get it, girl. <laughs> There's, <laughs> There's a, a way. Line. 
guess there's a way to do it without, you know. You guys sign some things away forever to some degree. Yeah. It's like you can't talk about the show anywhere in this galaxy, basically. Yeah. Until your contract's up. Until your contract's (laughs) up. And then you have a few little rules. But other than that, all bets are off. And I know that you're a great person to be doing those interviews because obviously you've been there before as a quote unquote winner and as a quote unquote villain and all of the above. That's a double whammy in Bachelor world. There's not many villain winners. So you should wear that with pride. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I I appreciate you having me and building me up. Of course. Thank you for taking time away from your adorable children to talk to me. I will talk to you soon. Okay, bye, bye. Sarah.